Welcome to the Red Raven Games Podcast. Oh, shoot. What episode is this? Does anybody know? Welcome to the Red Raven Games Podcast, episode 33. I'm Ryan Lockett. I'm Brenna Asplund. I'm Mallory Lockett. And I'm Craig Knight, and I'm back. I don't know. Craig's back. Craig's here. He hasn't been here since episode 11. Something we like that. We tried so hard to get rid of him, but he, he came back again. <laughs> yeah, I'm here permanently for this episode. I'm not sure next episode, but this is a for sure thing so far. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's like the Craig reunion tour. <laughs> so uh, this is actually the first podcast episode we have recorded over skype we've always recorded together in the same uh room holding hands holding hands <laughs> <laughs> so there might be a little bit more talking over each other since it's harder to tell by looking at each other when they're going to start talking <laughs> no i'm just yeah. using my mental images right now i can see mal's like has her mouth open just waiting to talk so i'll stop right now <laughs> <laughs> yeah so uh yeah um let's talk about just really quick what what's going on at red raven and then we can get into lots of good um arguments about what what uh i don't know what game is good and what isn't <laughs> yeah you know that's so, what people come here for <laughs> i know they come for the hot takes and arguments <laughs> <laughs> you know it and the cool reviews, right? Oh, yeah. yeah, for sure. So the 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 dramatic readings. Oh, no, <laughs> <laughs> I've retired. Yeah. So right now we're fulfilling Empires of the Void two, and so it's been awesome to see uh, people get the game finally, because it's been a long process, but it's been really cool. Yeah, I'm excited, and. Um, we're also uh, we're in the middle of manufacturing near and far amber mines, and now that's an expansion to um, near and far, obviously. And uh, the Kickstarter did much better than I expected, so we added all sorts of things like co-op mode, and um, people were asking for co-op mode. And uh, Craig, you're probably like, "What the heck, co-op?" No, mode? <laughs> I, I remember seeing that on the one of the reward tiers. I was like, "Oh, we get that. That'd be so cool." <laughs> Yeah, so that yeah, that's fun, and 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 the co-op mode works surprisingly well. So, um, and let's see what else is in there. I love how much surprise you have. Well, I was surprised that the game started in so well, and I was surprised the co-op worked so well. well I guess I have low expectations. For it's gonna suck. <laughs> no, so uh, the yeah, and uh, we added new things like oh, there are new stories in there, and uh, we just finished writing those. Uh, Brenna wrote some, and and Mallory and I wrote a few, and uh, so the way it works is like. The stories are they're called scenarios and they replace the stories in what like one of the maps and so that was fun to do the scenarios and, uh, the scenarios were really fun to write like we had some entertaining ones like i don't i don't know if this is too much of a spoiler but one of them involves an election and that one was very fun to write for <laughs> all the different yeah. weird candidates running for this city council you know yeah yeah i, I had a lot of fun writing that too 
Yeah, so I'm I'm excited for people to get that. And uh, right now, they just sent me a few samples. the The factory sent me a few samples of the the dice. We have these special dice with. Uh, um, they they have. Uh, They're you, nice dice. Yes, you can upgrade them in the game, <laughs> and they they increase your chances. Uh, basically, they get uh, rid of a the one, and uh, give you a reroll opportunity. And then um, also there are these star tokens. We were just going to use... Um, so for the magic track in the game, there's magic. You can get these magic cards, spell cards. And there's a magic track in the game, and you can use... Um, we were going to just use tents because the game... Or the camp tokens, because the game, the base game, comes with extra. And so we were just going to use that, but people wanted uh, an upgrade there. So we made these um, kind of these tall wooden magic tokens. So... And those look cool. I'll have to post a picture of that soon. And uh, lately, I've also been working on Haven, uh, which is uh, a game that's been in development at Red Raven for years now. <laughs> Just barely years. Oh, no, yeah. I mean, we're we're probably rounding the two-year mark, maybe. Yeah, but sure. It's really ended up in a great place, and the art's looking awesome. Yeah, I've been doing a lot of new art for that. Now, that's a game designed by Alf Seeger, and it's a two-player sort of tug-of-war area control game. So that's what we're doing lately. And, and it's it looking kind good. of features some... It's fun to watch the development of that because Alf and his wife, Natasha, are kind of co-developers, like Ryan and I. So they're a married couple team, and they, they've really got a good one here. It's a lot of fun to play. Yeah, it's it, and it's changed so much over the years. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so anyway... Um, all right, let's dive into it. What games have you played lately? And uh, this can be video or uh, tabletop games. Okay, but Ryan and I have decided it can only be games that start with the letter C. Because our whole list starts with the letter C. Yeah. <laughs> All over, over Christmas break, we only played games that started with C, which was weird. We didn't plan yeah. it. No, no, Just kidding, whatever. you don't have to. Yeah. I was like, let me just try to go through my Steam list here. and <laughs> <laughs> Alphabetical yeah. order. <laughs> Do you have a Steam library that's like what? Are, what do your guys's library looks like? Look like? Is it huge? Uh, it's. You have like hundreds of games. It's Let not me look terrible. It up. <laughs> Let me mm. see here. I have. Oh, um, I'm gonna say I probably have like sixty games, something like that. Okay, it's not bad. That's that's not too bad. That that you haven't gone too crazy on the the summer no, sales. No, because <laughs> like every time those sales come up. I always see a game that looks really good, but then I think to myself, am I actually going to play this game? Because it's cheap, yeah. but I won't have time to play this game because I'm already playing this long RPG game. Yeah, it's like time is a bigger, uh, or it's a shorter resource than money. Yeah. That's so true. Yeah. No, but I have 93 games on my Steam library. So still under 100. Could be a lot worse. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's funny to think of that compared to like I've seen some board game collections with like thousands, you know. So well, mine, mine has zero. So. <laughs> How embarrassing is that? No, I think I may have one. I have Don't Starve. You have Don't Starve in my yep. Yeah, because we played uh, we played Don't Starve together for a nice. while. Nice. My whole game collection is kind of spread out though, so my Steam library isn't all of it because I play a lot of console games. And I even buy some, like, PC games through different systems, like uh, GOG or Origin. 
So oh yeah, know, I have a lot of I have some GOG Steam. games. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So go ahead. Uh, does anybody ha- have one that springs to mind first? Sure, I can go. Okay. So I've recently gotten into this new tabletop RPG called Blades in the Dark. That's really okay. cool. I've been having a lot of fun with it. So sort of how it differs from something like D&D is that uh, so it's more focused on sort of improvisation and also like building the story as a group rather than just the game master sort of dictating things to people. So even like in the story and building the world, like your players get input on sort of the world building and the story as it goes. And you're supposed to keep it really open for the direction you go rather than having like absolute set ideas about what's going to be where and what's going to happen when. Um, I also Hmm. think it's a lot easier to play because, and it's a lot easier to plan for because it's not a D20 system. It's a D6 system. And for every action that you take, you basically decide ahead of time how difficult it's going to be and how effective it's going to be if you succeed. And then you just roll a pool of six-sided dice and take the highest number. And like the success, mixed success and failure is a set number for every roll. So if your highest number has a six, then you know you succeed. If it's a four or five, then you know that it's like a mixed success. And if it's a one to a three, then you just failed outright. And then you can kind of determine what that means in the story. But it's a lot easier to to do that because if you're better at something, you just get a bigger pool of dice. And if you're worse, you have less dice to roll. But you don't have to worry mm. about all these arbitrary numbers of how many hit points something has, like what their DC is, like all of these random numbers that just kind of scale up as you go. Like that's so much math to worry about that you don't have to in Blades in the Dark, which is really nice. But um, yeah, no. I- well, this starts me on a. Can I interject here for a second? Yeah, absolutely. Because um, this could start me on a big rant. Yeah. <laughs> because, um, no, I mean, as a, so, you know, as a board game designer, I can't imagine using like a D20 with like such small incremental changes in, in your chances. Like, so for example, I, I was just playing uh, D&D with my kids actually just about an hour ago. And um, so in the game... I'm noticing this, you know, you, you, you have your ability scores and, um, well, I guess, okay. So I take it back. You have skill bonuses. So that, that changes things a little bit, but I mean, you're looking at this, you're rolling a D 20 and you have like plus one to succeed at something. And then the, the GM is basically coming up with a number, some like whatever random number they can think in their head, like, Oh, uh, this will be 15 difficulty. And then, you know, so they have that plus one chance to roll, I don't know. I it just seems like such a bizarre system. Exactly. I mean, what you're describing sounds a lot better to me. I I've never liked the D20 uh system that much. Yeah, no, I'm the same but, way uh, cuz it really is like you're saying it's really arbitrary. You're just at the moment you're like, "Well, I guess this is 15 difficulty." And it's so much like weird random little math that you have to figure out well, is this going to be too tough for these people where they currently are? Or is this going to be too easy or whatever? When when you just have D6 that you're rolling, 
it's so much easier to keep track of. You don't have to keep, yeah, doing the incremental number changes and figuring out the math with it. But, um, no, I realized I've been talking about the mechanics this whole time. I didn't even really describe sort of the theme of the game. That's why people come to is, the podcast, though, just the, for I the know. mechanics. They just want <laughs> they just want to hear me talk about dice, you know? <laughs> yeah, that's true. But uh, so Blades in the Dark, the whole point of it is to play as like um, crews of daring criminals. So like there's different crew types you can play as like smugglers or thieves or assassins or whatever and then you kind of are running these scores and every game before you do a score you do a really brief planning phase but then you jump immediately into the action but then as you're playing you can stop and do flashbacks and say that you had pre-planned for something to happen like you know in a really exciting heist film where you think (laughs) something's gone horribly wrong but then it's a flashback and you realize that this was part of the plan all along so you could kind of it's built in that you can do that as you play which i think is really fun and i've sort of invented my own world that the game i'm running takes place in so blades in the dark has sort of a built-in world of its own but i kind of threw that out and did my own world building So my game that I'm running takes place in essentially like a dystopian fantasy Disneyland. So it's a (laughs) it's a city state. Oh yeah, oh yeah. No, it's a it's a city state that's a theme park. So it's a whole country that's a theme park, and then the main characters are sort of the the workers who are trapped underneath the theme park who have to like work behind the scenes to support the seemingly perfect and beautiful pristine like Disneyland equivalent. So I'm having they have fun to, like, with make it. the churros. So golden exactly. saucer, right? Saucer, right? They're they're down they're down underground in the vats making the churros. So <laughs> No, it, there's actually there yes. actually is an area of the underground known as the soda vats where they make all of the soft drinks. And everybody who's from there has different soft drink names. Like there's one of the player characters is named Canada Dry, <laughs> so it's I uh, yeah it's fun I'm having fun with that it. That is clever. One of the interesting one of one of the characters is named uh, Mountain Dew Pitch Black Two Discontinued, which was a real type of soda. <laughs> <laughs> that does sound like a discontinued soda, right? Right, it's like. Or there's, or How there's many flavors of Mountain Dew. Oh is man, it? there's like so many, hundreds, so many, not hundreds. I'm being hyperbole about this, but uh, like twenty. One of my favorite player <laughs> characters is my my brother David is playing as Manny the Manticore, who's one of the like sort of like um mascot characters in the park. Only he like was working as the mascot character when he became convinced that he genuinely is that character, so he fully believes. <laughs> that he himself is Manny the Manticore, which is fun. <laughs> nice. And he has a grudge against, like, the Felix the Phoenix, who's the equivalent of Mickey Mouse, because he's <laughs> the popular one. And he believes that he, sh- he, Manny the Manticore, should be the popular one. Yeah. Nice. It's a good time. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds fun. All right, Craig, what have you been playing? Yeah, it's funny you bring up that gaming system, because it reminds me of the gaming system I'm playing right now. With my friends, so I have a and d group, and I also have another group I just started with a uh, a game system called Dungeon World, and it's oh yeah, yep. I know of Dungeon World. Yeah, yeah. And it's like a perfect combination of like a D twenty system and like the system that you're talking about, where 
a majority of the system is based off of just D6s. And the thing I like about it is that, oh, I'm buzzing, I think. Am I buzzing? I think I'm buzzing. My, my dang phone was going off. Anyway, the thing that's cool about it is you can, as you're like making decisions, it's all based on what you do as a character. And so it's like, there is no like DC checks that you have to make. It's all based off of your role. So if I want to like dodge an attack, I have to roll to dodge the attack. It's not, I don't have like a DC armor or anything like that, but so far really enjoying it. And then I've been playing this uh, super dope, cool game um, that some of you might be aware of called farming simulator. Uh, I don't know if you have ever played <laughs> it before, but it's pretty killer. I mean, you get to build. Wait, hang on a sec. Is this is this really is this a real it's game? It's a real game. <laughs> but my son plays it. Farming I haven't seen this. My, oh, sweet. Noah freaking loves to play it all the time, so I play it with him, and it's dope because you're like, man, I wish I could build some crops, and you know, you do it, and then you get machines and all that. Fun you're stuff. such a city boy. <laughs> I'm gonna go build some crops. <laughs> it's so funny though, because like over like the. Ye- past year noah has been like getting better and better at video games and he'll when he, when he starts to explain to me like the rules of a game what i have to do like i'll just randomly pick it up and be like how do i do it's like oh you do this this and this dad that's how you you take care of the crops and you shear them and that's how you make money and i don't know how the economy works so he's smarter than me already but that's what i've been doing lately oh, that's cool. interestingly Sweet. i love farming sims and i play most of them that have ever come out but i've never played farming simulator it's actually pretty cool that's a a pretty generic title yeah that's the one i've missed out on (laughs) that's funny how about you mel well so i um under pressure from my five-year-old have re uh downloaded fruit ninja on my (laughs) iphone (laughs) So that's, you know, fun and brainless and addicting. But um, we also tried this game called Getting Over It with Bennett Foddy. Have you guys heard of that? Mm-mm. No. Have you seen this? It's So it's a naked man <laughs> in a big black pot that comes up to oh his belly gosh. button. Yes. And he's holding a sledgehammer. <laughs> and your whole game is using that sledgehammer to kind of, you know, as a lever to like drag and push and jump yourself along over rocks and trees and various obstacles and it's insanely frustrating and also really cool i i looked it up on steam just to see um because i couldn't quite remember the title and apparently like this guy that designed it he this is his like description he says it's a game i made for a certain kind of person period to hurt them <laughs> and it's so true like you either love this thing or you hate it it took me like 15 minutes to get over the first tree and yeah. then ryan sat down and it was like 30 seconds he was over it and he but anyway it's it is really fun to try so i yeah. would recommend it yeah brandon my brother he plays it a lot and he says there are he you know he's telling me about these uh you know, play. Oh, they run it. They, they run, run it, it in like, like how many like minutes? Just they like fly through it. You know, that's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. So, um, what have you been playing? I actually just played a new game that I really liked. It was called um, Nemo's War, mm. and uh, this is a this is based on uh, Jules Verne's novel Twenty Thousand Leagues Under the Sea, 
Um, and uh, in the game, you play Captain Nemo. And, and the interesting thing about the game is it's, it's actually designed as a solitaire game. So it's, a, it's kind of a complex game. And uh, you set it all up on the table and you can play with other people, but it's really like you're just kind of doing a co-op thing where you like take turns. It's especially effective if you have multiple personalities like Ryan, (laughs) because he set it up in the dining room and I heard him for hours laughing and yelling and talking to himself. he was having a great time no this is it's a cool game it it really is and it's it's like yeah i mean i am talking to myself because i'm trying to figure out oh should i do this or should i do that is it's a there's a lot of tension in the game you have the submarine and you're going around the world and, and there are these ships that you can some are like um merchant ships that you can sink and uh some are like warships and um after a while like they build up and build up because they're hunting you because you're becoming more and more of a threat and you have to try to keep the warships from like getting you know out of control. But at the same time, um, actually, at the start of the game, you can choose your your motivation. So you can either be like searching like for your. You can either have an exploration motivation or like a science motivation where you want to like make new discoveries, or you have like a war motivation where you just want to get revenge and destroy all the ships, or you can have a. Uh, I'm trying to think of the fourth one. Oh, it's like a fight against the imperial. Oh, anti-imperialism. Nice uh, motivation. Yeah, <laughs> where you're trying to like rile up people in different regions so that they fight against their governments and stuff. So anyway, it's a really cool and thematic game. You know, you'll you'll draw these event cards and you have your crew and you have to like try to sacrifice them, but to to complete different skills. But uh, so like in the game. You have different aspects of your ship, and whenever you run into something, you have to try to overcome. Like, let's say uh, a giant squid attacks your submarine. You have to choose if you're going to, like, sacrifice. You're, like, betting your some of your crew. And then, like, if you roll and you succeed, then the crew's okay. But if you fail, then you lose the crew. And so it's <laughs> there's a lot of tension, like over and over and over again as you're trying to survive. Anyway, I played through it and I got. Um, I think I failed. <laughs> yeah. At the end, at the end, you you get a score based on like how much, how many points you got, and uh, I think mine was, yeah, I think it said I was a failure. And then you read this book; they have this book full of like descriptions of what happened to you. So you look, you look like, oh, I was going after science. So you look on the science failure, and then you read like a little paragraph about how you were doomed and you failed in your science experiments and you went insane or something. (laughs) Anyway, it's, it's a really cool game. Yeah, that sounds really neat. I liked it. Now, as a final note, Ryan and I did try for our very first time on New Year's Eve, Cards Against Humanity, which seems kind of weird because it's been around for so long, but yeah, we had never tried it. And I kind of think that it's a good measure of whether a person has a good sense of humor or not. Like all the people we were playing (laughs) with had such a great time. And of course, you know, we're a little bit of a clean crowd. So we took out some of the more (laughs) lewd cards. I know, but even even after doing that, like it's still... It didn't like eliminate that element. It was my favorite part was that his parents, you know, who are wait they played distinguished business owners. They played and they were cracking us up. They were choosing the most revolting options and just (laughs) laughing their heads off. It was so funny. So we really had a great time. Yeah, yeah, that sounds like a lot of fun. 
That reminds me of there when I, Although I recommended that game on Facebook and a lady in my uh, church uh, ward, she's like, oh, so you recommend this game. And so she bought it. And for a family oh, no. home evening, they played oh, it. No. Oh, no. And she like, messaged me, Craig, this game isn't a very good game. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. Is that me or is that you? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, didn't? No. So Ryan's <clears throat> granny actually bought him. No, was some it other, her? some other oh, game, but okay, it was like an adult game. version of the, the game. Oh. I don't think she realized that it was. <laughs> okay, yeah. I thought it was Cards Against Humanity. Yeah. All right. Yep. So, anything else, you guys, before we uh, move on? Um. Yeah. So I've actually been playing, you know, a lot of video games too, like I do. But um, one in particular I wanted to mention is one called Goragoa. That's really cool. Oh yeah. It just came out I, recently. I've seen this. Um it's like a puzzle game, but it's a really unique puzzle game. So essentially on screen you have these four different panels that are kind of like a like storybook panels. So each one will have different art on it, but you can drag pieces of the artwork, you can drag the panels around and kind of like overlay them on top of each other or like reveal new things that were under it and stuff in order to sort of manipulate the perspective of things in order to solve puzzles. So like maybe you have a doorway on one picture and on the next picture you have this little boy standing in this archway that's kind of the same shape as the doorway. So then you put the doorway on top of the kid and now he can walk in onto the other panel that he couldn't get to before. You know, that kind of weird perspective-y puzzle thing. It's a really quick play, but it's some of the most fun and interesting puzzles that I've played with in years. It was a really good time. Yeah, I I remember seeing this, and I I still don't I haven't tried it yet, but uh, it looks stunning. I mean, it's like hand drawn art. Yeah, the art is the, gorgeous. It's beautiful. Yeah. And the guy worked on it for years, you know. Yeah. It's been like a really long time. Yeah, so. I first played the demo for it like. It must have been three years ago now, and the full game was oh, only wow. just released. So yeah, definitely he spent a long time on it, but that hard work paid off because it's a really cool game. Cool. Hold on, we're getting on a tangent here. Brennan, what's your brother's name again? Which one? The one that's going to edit this podcast. Ian. Ian, I want you to put some intense battle music in right here, right now. Okay, because okay. I remember <laughs> I've been wanting to bring this up for quite a while. Brenna, you talked yeah. about Persona 6 or 5. Persona 5. Yes. And your feelings on the game. What was it again? I loved it. Okay. Okay. I, I thought we were going to have an argument because I thought you oh, didn't yeah. like the game and I was going to like... I oh, no. Like, oh, battle music. Get attacking Brenna, we got to have the argument and I guess you don't have to put the intense battle music. Well, that's disappointing. Well, I'll say it's the worst game I you have ever You piece of garbage. <laughs> And Star Wars sucks too. <laughs> no, no, Persona Persona 5 I loved. I went out and got the big like take your heart special edition the moment it came out. Nice. And I really it's Persona 4 I don't like. I like okay. 3 and I like 5. I don't like 4. Okay. <laughs> no, that's fine. Well, you know, there's two people in the world. There's people that are right, and there's people who are wrong. And you're one of them, you monster. 
I am either a right person who's wrong. right or a person who's wrong. I'm one of those. One of those. One of those. <laughs> put put a poll up, Ian, right now so people can see at home which is better. <laughs> well, yeah, that's true. Actually, which one? It seems like five. Yeah, five's better. Was a big deal, five's right? Yeah, five. Like that people pretty much like that one. Yeah, the most of all of them, I think. Uh, pretty much, yeah. yeah. People have. Like, I've even seen people saying that, like, Persona 5 has, like, raised the uh, standards for just RPGs as a genre in general. I agree like, with that. Yeah. Yeah. People are saying it's not only the best Persona game, but the best ever JRPG, which I you know, think is true. I haven't, I haven't been able to get into a JRPG in a long time, so maybe I should... Give it yeah, a give Persona Five a shot. Yeah, it's fun. I'll tell you what. There's one that's coming out fairly soon. It's a uh, Nino Kuni Two. That game looks freaking dope. It looks awesome. Oh like, yeah. Like because you got like like so in the first Nino Kuni it was awesome, but it's like more like pet battle base. But in the second one, you're more like okay, we're gonna do some awesome battles. But you're the character is gonna be like swashbuckling sword dude person with cat ears. Uh, you know it's animated they, they've got that <laughs> cat ear i mean you gotta yeah, get cat ears. of course <laughs> cat ear. but it looks awesome and you know i'm just gonna plug that in that does look interesting i i have the first one in uh japanese so i never actually finished oh. it <laughs> because uh you know the language thing got in the way yeah. but uh, i remember i was in japan when it came out and uh, it had not come out yet in uh uh, the United States, and so I was like, "Oh, I gotta get this." So I'm like, "The cult of the new." I got it before anybody else in the U.S. You know, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. No, that's. <laughs> but uh, that got in the way of the language yeah. thing. My, I played uh, it for a while, but my younger sister Rose speaks Japanese, and she oh, recently right. got so into the Yakuza series after playing Yakuza Zero that she's gone out and bought all of the newest games in Japanese and she's playing all of them like that aren't going to come out in the US for like a while yet. Has she played Dragon now, Quest Now is 11? that tax No, she just plays Yakuza. That's the only series of games she plays. And is that tax deductible for her? It's like work related <laughs> now, right? So yeah, like she can write off the expense. She's practicing for work. <laughs> yeah. Practicing <laughs> the language. Yeah. 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 So I was just thinking, because we joked about um, all of the games over Christmas we played were uh, started with the letter C, and I just thought of another one, and it also started with the letter C. Amazing. So, what was that? So we played Coup, which yeah. was really fun. We played Codenames, which we always bring out at parties. We played Cards Against Humanity. We played Charterstone, which oh, we really yeah. enjoyed. And also, my favorite new one that I've played this season is Camel Up which we played with our friend. It's like camel a camel up. racing what? game. And it is hilarious and super fun. And I don't usually enjoy games where you have to place bets because I always, always screw it up. But this one was really fun, even though I lost horribly. <laughs> so who was it that designed it? I forget. Uh, I'd have to look it up, but it did. Um, let's see. Oh, it was a spiel yeah. runner up or a spiel winner? Let's see. Camel Up, brought to you by Wikipedia. 
Yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, it, let's see. It was... Oh, and up to eight players. That's a bonus. And it comes with this cool little pyramid that you have to construct with. I mean, it's a punch out, but it folds up into an actual pyramid and you strap these little rubber bands around it. And then it's got um, a little trap door where your dice come out one at a time. It's really fun how it functions in the race mechanic. And it's it's easy and and simple. And it's a little bit like a party game because anybody could play it. But it's um yeah it won actually it won uh in 2014 oh, wow. that's awesome yeah. so, so yeah who's um, the designer uh stefan bogan ah oh, stefan he's a cool guy i hope i i know <laughs> i hope that's how you say it anyway <laughs> he's like it's it is it's it's stefan uh, yeah i'm sure Looks i'm like saying Stephen, it not but quite right but anyway yeah, it, it, it was a good game yeah i liked it yeah and uh charterstone that's uh so um back when craig was um editing the podcast uh, we were playing uh, Scythe. Um, Jamie Stegmeier. Yeah, and this is what uh, this is another new one from from Jamie Stegmeier. Nice. Um, it's a uh, it's a legacy Euro town building game. So, yeah, are you are you guys familiar with legacy the legacy games? Yeah, those are awesome yeah. games. Um, where you uh, you know you the game like stays. You put stickers on the board, and when you play, you like write on mm-hmm. the board, and things you know are permanent. So yeah, that, that's that's the game, and we've played. Uh, I think we've played four games, and it's it's interesting. I'll have to talk about more about that on another episode, though. So, yeah. all right. So um, we're gonna move on to the bonus round question. Ooh. Oh boy. <laughs> Put some dra- we should put some dramatic music yeah. here too. <laughs> it's the yeah. bonus, round. bonus round question. What was your favorite or one of your favorite new restaurants you've eaten at in the last year? That is a good question. <laughs> oh man. This is a surprise, so I didn't give anyone any uh, warning on this. <laughs> okay, okay, I'll start. Okay. Because uh, I think Ryan's probably asking this because we have some good options for our answers. Um, we went Maybe. to, well, new? I Does it know. have to be new? No, just new to you. Well, today we went to Pulp, which is a restaurant that was, um, it's one of those ones in a long line of <laughs> restaurants that have tried to make it in a certain location. It's uh, near our former high school, and uh, yeah, and next door the this old restaurant burned down. Yeah, like um, completely like burned completely down to the ground. Burned <laughs> to the ground. <laughs> but this place, Pulp, it's got really yummy fresh food. It's one of those like it's fast, but it's expensive. You know, but it's like but healthy. it's really healthy and really yummy. But they had a good variety. There was a big, you know, it was good. Yeah, but, um. It has like, you know, it's one of those hipster juicy, you know, they had like this, the, you know, we went, we went <laughs> you know in the right uniform, Ryan yeah, yeah. was wearing his patterned collared shirt and his, uh, like... Mr. Rogers sweater. <laughs> no, cla- it was, it was classy, delicious. Uh, so it was combo. pulp. It's on state street by Jordan high school. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, we liked it. And, uh, it was recommended by our sister who says that if you go between three and 5 PM, you get like half price Ooh. on your bowls so she'll go and like get it and then eat it for two meals and then it's like two dollars and fifty cents for two meals anyway 
Yeah. It's really yummy and really healthy, which is kind of what we like. Nice, yeah. yeah. Now, if, if you can't think of a restaurant, maybe new food. Oh, no. I've got a restaurant in mind. I've been sitting okay. on this okay. restaurant uh, thinking about it basically every day since I've been to it. And the problem is <laughs> it's it's located in New Orleans, Louisiana. Aww. And it's this awesome barbecue place called Blue Oak Barbecue, obviously. That sounds Now, good. here's the thing. The best thing on the menu isn't meat-related. It's actually this amazing Russell Sprouts um, that, for some reason, is wow the best. Like I remember when we went there for I was there for a BYU game and that was sad because they lost by a lot. But um, <laughs> uh, when we went to this place to eat, <laughs> I asked, "What's the best size?" Said, oh, the Russell Sprouts. They're amazing, and I don't want to know what's in them, but they they tasted like it was like if you had like green stuff and then you like poured it like a a ton of like fat and like grease and then like sugar and then like soda i don't know like die dr pepper but it's amazing (laughs) so if you're ever in new orleans look this place up because i know everybody goes there at least once a year yeah you know like we all do (laughs) yeah Yeah. i I actually have been yeah i actually have been uh let's see it was uh about 15 16 years ago so <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was, i do remember the food being really good though but honestly it, it felt like a different country yeah. you know um being from utah it was really it was it was awesome mm. though i love it down there yeah um for me i can't for the life of me remember the name of the restaurant but my siblings and i discovered a new ramen place that's kind of near us recently <gasps> By the mall? No, it's a different Wait. one. It's not that one. Oh, oh dang, because okay. we went to that one. We love that one. So where's yours? That one's always so crowded. We can never manage to get into it. It's impossible to even yeah. park uh-huh. there. Uh, no, this other one is like in, I think, probably West Jordan. It's west of the freeway in sort of this, okay. in sort of this um, uh, strip mall that has a lot of like uh, Mexican places, like Mexican... Uh, grocers and bakeries and stuff and then just this japanese restaurant that has really good ramen and like other general japanese food and stuff oh i know what you're talking what area you're talking about yes oh yeah, yeah. Oh, okay yeah yeah they're good and they all they also serve like some japanese desserts and like sodas and stuff which is good so what what is a japanese dessert um, so there's like, cause all I've had is like the pudding. cheap candy, like the pokey sticks with well, the chocolate think of the ice cream. Like, yeah. Well, yeah, there's like, like the rice, there's like mochi, the, the ice cream that's covered in rice dough. Mochi. Yeah. Mochi. mochi and mochi ice cream. And like, I love that stuff. There's, Ooh, let's go to Whole Foods and get some right <laughs> <Yeah>. now. <laughs> uh, Japanese people also like a lot of pastries. So there's like some kind of generic pastries, but like with a Japanese twist to them. Like with squid inside or what? What's a Japanese twist? Well, on just the different flavors, like <laughs> like taro flavors or like um, mm. uh, what's it called? Like green tea, basically. Uh, green tea is mm. amazing. Yummy. Yeah. Yeah. Or uh, oh, what's that other stuff? Um, oh, I can't remember. So oh, I've well. gotten an argument yeah. about yeah. green teas. Have any of you guys had the green tea Kit Kat bars? Well, oh, they're, um, I, I have not. Easier. I know of them, though. 
they are amazing. I've had arguments with my friends over them being just <laughs> awful, and they're wrong. So if you're ever are they, are they hard to uh, find? I went to the uh, Asian market off of uh, 90th South, I think, and it's yeah. they have them there, but you can get them off of like Amazon and whatever. But they're they're oh, they're so good. I wish I had them right now. But so I'm, so what is this? Is like the flavor inside? Is it in the chocolate or is it like layered inside the? Kit it's in the chocolate, bar. like so. The the outside actually looks like the Kit Kat bar itself looks green. Yeah. Oh, okay. It's, yeah, it's. I don't. <laughs> I don't know what they make. So does it? Is it replace the chocolate? Like, is it? Is it a chocolate flavor with green? Tea I think mixed that's in? what it is. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Mm. I'm sure that green coloring is uh, natural <laughs> oh, from the hundred percent. Yeah, from the no. green tea. <laughs> yeah. No, but yeah, in Japan they have all sorts of flavors of Kit Kats. Like, I don't remember okay. them all specifically, just they have a lot. Just like how in England, they have all sorts of weird flavors of potato chips. In Japan, they have all sorts of weird flavors of Kit Kat. Interesting. I'll have to hunt one down. Or we could just make a giant trip And then trip I will tell you. Japan. you. You'll fund that yeah. one, Oh, right? yeah. Just to try the Kit yeah. Kat. And then record a podcast about it. Yep. <laughs> Tax deduction. Yes. And I'll be like, that was the most disgusting thing I've ever Oh, I, I, we'll no longer be friends. Our like 20 plus and, yeah. relationship will be ending. That's it. It's the, the green tea <laughs> Kit Kat did it in 2018. <laughs> All right. Well, I think we're going to cut it for now. But uh, does anybody have anything else they wanted to add to the uh, food or restaurant discussion? Not that I can think no. of. Only that okay. only that I think ramen is something that you is really good to get at restaurants. It's one of those things that you can't really yeah, reasonably so make at home because you have to do the broth for so long. Like usually, like good ramen, they'll be cooking the broth like overnight, basically to get all the flavor in it. It's so hard to do that at home, but like at a restaurant, they can just well, do like, a big batch of it that'll last them forever. So it makes sense oh, to do it true. in a restaurant. Well, I mean, like top, it's top ramen's like almost there, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Although we did find this brown rice ramen at Costco that we've now been purchasing, and it's super yummy. Like you obviously, like Brenda said, you have to make your own broth. It's just the noodles. Yeah, yeah. But if you don't want something that tastes like it was made out of recycled cardboard, <laughs> this is a really good option. Yeah, so. it's yeah, good it's good stuff. to know. Yep. All right. Well, uh, thank you, everyone, for joining us. Um, you can visit our website, redravengames.com, and our Twitter, at redravengame. You can follow me on Twitter, at Brenna underscore Aspland. And you can follow me on Twitter, at AgroXCraig. And also, on Instagram, I do these awesome videos where I t- teach people how to do things. That's my new enterprise right now is... Um, how to <laughs> oh yeah i saw the cat video yeah. <laughs> i saw the take your cat to yeah the vet. oh my gosh that was heartbreaking so speaking of that when i took my cat to the vet uh they had to take her into the back room to like basically pop a a, a, a giant uh zit on her on her head it's really i know it's really oh, gross yeah. to talk about but they had to sedate her and i was in the waiting room and i could hear her crying and then i couldn't hear her cry anymore and so i just started sobbing and the receptionist <laughs> like looked up and then just like looked away really fast because <laughs> I'm such an embarrassing person crying over a cat. 
Oh, I totally pets, get it. You though. know, pets are. I totally get that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, pets. Mm, at, at pets. The She's my baby girl. It's not a, not a happy, visit. No. So. Well, All right, guys. Well, uh, it was good to talk to you, and uh, we will hopefully have a new episode out soon after this. So, we'll invite Craig yes. back after another 22 episodes. <laughs> we'll just keep him on that rotation. Yep. Right. All right. Nevermore. Goodbye. Bye. So is this how we end episodes now? Like we don't do yeah, anything fun? Yeah, that's my sign off now. We, we, just, we just end it? We don't do anything cool? Hey, saying nevermore is cool. No, it's not. It's never been cool. It's always been cool.